We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFP Nation All-America podcast presented by Twisted Tea. I'm Bill Trochi, senior editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our national college football writer at SportingNews.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92, and you can follow me at Bill Trochi. And keep an eye on the main Sporting News account at Sporting News. Don't forget, Saturday night on our CFP Nation YouTube channel, We'll have a live reaction show for week one around 1130 or so. Come on by and sip a twisted tea with us as we discuss all the big developments from Saturday. Week one is here. Week zero is over. We're at week half basically right now, Bill. Can, are you ready? Are you ready for Saturday? I am. It should be a lot of fun. You know, uh, week one, I, you know, it's here. It's good. Uh Done. Week one's great because it goes Thursday through Monday. It's five straight nights of, of college football on, on TV, uh, national broadcast, big teams. Uh, the funny thing is, like, the some of the most interesting games are Thursday and Sunday. They're not even on Saturday this year. Yeah, I mean, the biggest game of the week is LSU-Florida State on Sunday. Clemson-Duke on Monday even. I mean, that could be a lot of yeah. people are picking a potential upset. We'll see where we go there. Uh, Thursday night, Utah, Florida, going to generate a huge reaction. So it is wild to me that Saturday is probably has the least amount of games that will impact the playoff picture. But that's the same. We're getting football all day, so we're not going to complain. No, we're not going to complain at all. We'll go, so we'll, on this show, we'll go through the, visit, uh, the viewer's guide, kind of let you know what games are when throughout this huge Labor Day weekend. And then we'll revisit our confidence contest uh, where we started last week at week zero. We'll check the standings. Spoiler alert, Trochi's ahead. Just like last year, Trochi won the whole contest. We'll go make our week one picks, five picks uh, in a confidence style, bowl, bowl style, five points, four points, three points, all against the spread. And we'll see what happens this year. But first, a little Trochi trivia. Bill, I had to raise the bar a little bit when uh, you nailed yesterday's week zero uh, question, which I did not think you had a shot at, but you nailed it. Florida, the last, of course, the last week zero winner who went on to a New Year's Six Bowl. It was four years ago, and you pulled that one out. So who's the focus of uh, Saturday? Deion Sanders. The Trochi trivia question. Can you name... Who Deion Sanders played in his last college football game? Oh, my gosh. Oh, you got to go all the way back to 1988, Bill, but I know you can do it. I know you can do it. So we'll revisit the Trochi trivia question at the end of the show. Let's get into the viewer's guide. And uh, Thursday night, we got two games that are definitely of note. The first one you mentioned, Florida at number 14, Utah. That's on eight at eight o'clock on ESPN. Utah enters as a six-point favorite, and last year's game was one of the most exciting games of all of Week One. There were four lead changes in the second half, 
and then Florida drove 75 yards. Anthony Richardson scored a touchdown with a minute and five to go. Utah then drove all the way back down the field the other way to the Florida five-yard line, down three. They're in field goal range without 15 seconds to go. Cam Rising throws an interception to Amari, Amari Bernie, and Florida came away with the win. Great game, great game. What do you see this weekend? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're stressed about buying tickets or doing some last-minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, your favorite activities, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CFBNATION for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. And again, create an account and redeem code CFBNATION for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. Uh, it's going to be tight. I mean, well, I don't know if we'll see Cam Rising or not. Uh, he's listed as on the depth chart as starting, but, you know, coming off the torn ACL, that the rehab has taken time. And I think that will be a factor. You know, you'll see Graham Mertz for Florida. I, I still think, yeah, Utah is favored, but Florida's got a lot of talent. And, and Florida won that game last year. And I guess it's a tough and road environment at Utah. They are 21 and one at home the last four years. So, and I don't know who the loss is, honestly. I should know that. But I, I you know, my, my way of saying it's not going to be an easy place to play for the Gators. But with the Utah quarterback situation, it kind of makes it a tough game to pick. Yeah, this would be a huge win for the Gators because I think they're in for a rough season. And they could get a nice boost right off the bat if they can pull it off. Uh, but, yeah, questions of quarterback. Questions of quarterback for both teams. Should be interesting. That will be fun. Then uh, the other Thursday night game, keep an eye on Nebraska at Minnesota, 8 o'clock on Fox. Minnesota is a 7.5-point favorite. You had a good story today on SportingNews.com on Matt Rule and his debut and I thought you put it very well when you said that Nebraska has been seeking the marriage of appreciation for the past and vision for the future. And you think maybe they got it with rule. I do. I think he's going to do a good job there. Um, he was very well spoken at, at big 10 media days, but I had heard from some of the Nebraska writers that he's a guy that wins the press conference. Uh, it's not a surprise. I mean, the maker, it's not really a makeover in Nebraska. It's a, renovation 
sort of, that this program continues to lose one-score games. He's, I think he's going to be a hit there. I don't know how long it's going to take, but you know, this is a program that can't talk about the 1990s anymore. They tried Scott Frost. It didn't work. It's time to go to the future. I think Trev Alberts and him have a decent plan. And they've lost by a touchdown the last three years to Minnesota. So, I mean, expect a one-score game here. It ought to be a lot of fun. They lost, what, 25 one-score games under Scott Frost? I believe that was the oh, final. Yeah, power. you did that story last year. 20, 22 and then three more after. So let's hope Nebraska fans don't sit, for their sake, don't sit through another one-score loss. The Matt Rule era starts with a one-score loss there. So that will be Thursday, Friday night. Uh, we've got probably one game of note. Louisville is taking on Georgia Tech at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, 7.30 ESPN. I'll be in attendance. I'm excited go. to see that one. Uh, Louisville is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Interestingly, both coaches, first-year coaches, essentially, at their alma mater. So what do you see with this one? Um, you know, a lot. that's a large spread uh, for Louisville and, and being in Atlanta. It's not a road game, but it is a road game of sorts. I mm-hmm. mean, when you're on – we're counting on the amount of transfers that they're counting on. I, I do like Brom. I, I've been on record, said that, you know, fit always matters. He fits there. He's going to get them going with his creative play calling. He's one of my favorite play callers in the game. And Aiden O'Connell's evidence of that. Anybody that watched the NFL preseason sees how well Aiden O'Connell's playing. I think Brom is great with quarterbacks. So that said, I think it'll be a tough game. I was telling the story on SportsGrid earlier this week. The last time these two played, Georgia Tech destroyed them. And I know they did because I was in Vegas and had money on Louisville. So I remember <laughs> that game for some odd reason. And, I'll, you know, I'll have this game on. It is not the greatest Friday night uh, schedule, though, Bill. You're not going to be missing much. No, not really. Elsewhere, you know, Michigan State plays Central Michigan. Get our first look at uh, Noah Kim replacing Peyton Thorne for the Spartans. And then Miami, Florida takes on Miami of Ohio. The Battle of Miami. Yeah, they keep saying this is a thing. Like, Brett Gabbert went after the Hurricanes this week. <laughs> but you're not going to get me to say too many nice things about Miami of Ohio. Sorry, that's in my Ohio alum contract. But Gabbert, you know what? Gabbert's played for a while. And I think Miami, heavy favorite in that game. A little bit of pressure on the Canes to look good in this game. Come out and, and, and slam the door early. They've got two really nice safeties. James Williams, Cameron Kitchens. Ready, ready to watch him. Kitchens was on our preseason all-american team i believe and we were choosing between those two so you know gabbard's gonna have his hands full thrown to those guys they've got a big tune up here as they get ready for that week two game against texas a&m amazingly they're trying to break a five-game home losing streak wow just (laughs) miami is yes oh my gosh that's good research yeah that's wow that's it started with mtsu and has gone on from there so we are a long way from the old days of the orange bowl incredible so we'll see what happens with that all right that brings us into saturday uh we will break it down for you noon 3 30 window and then some prime time stuff so in the noon window of course big fox noon kickoff colorado at number 17 tcu tcu is a 21 point favorite technically coming into the game uh losing two of their last three but of course they made the national championship game and made the big 12 championship game they won a playoff game Matt Fortuna had an interesting story on TCU this morning. Friend of the pod, Matt Fortuna. They're a little disrespected for someone that made the national championship game. They are they're they're the undercard in their home opener against a team that went one and eleven this year. We all know the reason, but it's still a little a little weird. Yeah, and I saw Randy Cross. I was one of the analysts that's kind of calling for a Colorado upset. Randy Cross is. He's a cool dude, by the way. I've been able to talk to him a few times, a former 49ers center. And mm-hmm. you're right that I don't – this respect card to me is just you – know, dude, you're college athletes. Like, they, they, they find – like, Kirby Smart plays the disrespect card. <laughs> like, that – so when pe- teams play that, I'm, I kind of roll my eyes. But you're he is right. They are the undercard because Dion is the main attraction in this game and – but I always wonder about that. I was talking to you about that this week. We'll have a piece about Dion and what to expect in year one. But what 
what is the extent of that once the game starts? You just look at him. <laughs> I mean, what like you, how how long do you look at somebody on the sideline? You start look, paying attention to the players. So I'm actually more interested in Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter and TCU's new quarterback, who these teams played last year, and Chandler Morris was the starter. And how does TCU fill the voids left by eight NFL players? Uh, we love Sonny Dykes. We're a fan of him. SN Coach of the Year, one of the nice guys in the business. But uh, yeah, I think TCU wins. But you know, a lot of people are looking at that line. Colorado. I wonder. I didn't look, Bill. I wonder what the percent of people betting on Colorado in this game ends up being. I bet it's pretty high. I believe I saw a headline saying that very fact. The public was hammering Colorado, so I thought that was interesting. Um, have you seen anything on Travis Hunter? How much he's going to play offense? I did not. I remember when we had uh, I haven't either. How on? They said he. What did he tell us in spring? He took one rep at corner, and you know he he was Shut fine. Someone down. Right. So he'll play. His snap count will be very interesting in this game. Agree. It's going to be really hot in at TCU. So I don't know how much you can really play both ways effectively. But he's a terrific receiver. I mean, he, everyone knows he's a great corner, but. I think he's going to be a really good receiver too. Uh, I just don't know weather-wise how much he could hold up playing two ways on on Saturday. But it should be fun. Everyone's going to be watching, that's for sure. Uh, ABC at noon. They've got Virginia at number 12 – or Virginia versus number 12, Tennessee. Technically a neutral site game. It's in Nashville, uh, Nissan Stadium where the Titans play. Tennessee is a 28-point favorite. And we all know you like Joe Milton. Yeah. Uh, what's the offense look like is what I'm going to wonder. You know, mm-hmm. is it Hendon Hooker? Hendon Hooker was just so efficient last year. So efficient, so accurate. And that's been the thing with Joe Milton. There's been so many things written about him um, through this offseason. And I'm wondering how how that translates on the field. I mean, obviously they've got offensive weapons. They've got better receivers than I thought, even though they lost Hyatt and Tillman, both guys that are killing it in the preseason. So um, yeah, it's going to be a fun game. I don't, Virginia, it's been, it was a rough first year for Tony Elliott, but uh, I I think Tennessee gets out to a quick start here. It's a big spread. It's another one of those big spreads that when you see the clock moving like it is now, and we talked about that a little bit yesterday, might be a little bit of a tough sell. And I didn't know that. I forgot they were playing in Nashville instead of Knoxville. So uh, that'll be fun to see them playing in the Titans' backyard. Yeah. So Virginia, they're starting uh, an FCS transfer. I don't know if you know Tony Musket from Monmouth. Yes, I saw that. So, Great name. Uh, he's, he's got good. a first-class name. There's no doubt about that. Joe Milton's got a cannon for an arm. He, they, Virginia has a musket for an arm. So if you're bringing a musket to a cannon fight, it could spell trouble for the Cavs. Uh, elsewhere at noon on Peacock. Do you have your Peacock subscription, Bill? I do. I have it. So I, I'm. Ex- I mean, this is. Not I have a buy. I got to go. I got to buy it before Saturday if I want to. If I want to watch Michigan, I have not signed up for it yet. Uh, they have Miami Vice reruns. <laughs> you can watch those. When there you go. So if you're looking for Michigan, you got to get Peacock. Uh, later on this year, I think it's uh, the Michigan State Washington game is on Peacock later on in September. So that's probably their best game of the season that's going to be on peacock so anyway uh if you're looking for michigan you got to find peacock they're hosting east carolina 35 and a half point favorites there should be no trouble without uh even though boss harbaugh will not be in attendance okay saturday 3 30 window so we get through the the, the noon slate and we're going to open uh 3 30 on cbs number three ohio state at Indiana, Ohio State is a 28-and-a-half-point favorite. The biggest controversy coming out of this game on Twitter is going to be the CBS Music playing for oh, a game in the SEC game. No They're going to be offended by it. They're going to make it a thing. It's going to happen, Bill. It's going to happen. You watch. It's tough. Tough, tough <laughs> deal for the SEC fans. I, I'm not going to apologize. That's ours now. As somebody who lives in Big Ten country, that, that belongs to Big Ten now. So does- not, not quite yet, because, you know, this is the this SEC is still on CBS for right. most of the year. Right. But I know I talked to Gary Danielson about that at Big Ten Media Day. So, you know, it was funny how he he was talking about how everybody thinks he's a homer and he went back to a 
Ohio State Michigan game that he covered years ago, and he said he was driving home, and while he was in the Ohio area, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the Ohio State fans were saying, "Well, he's from Michigan. He was born from Michigan. You can tell." And then when he got to Michigan, when he was driving home, he said the Michigan radio was saying that Gary Danielson's a traitor. So uh, he's a he's good for the game. He's a good personality. I've never had a problem with him. Yes, I would make jokes too that he was an SEC homer somehow, even though. He played at Purdue, but um, yeah, yeah, all of that belongs to the Big Ten now, and and Pac-12 dark after dark, that's coming to the Big Ten soon. So, all right, this is the world we live in. I know, I know. So, yeah, Devin Brown and Kyle McCord likely both will play. McCord was named the starter yesterday, but I think Ryan Day wants to look at both of them, don't you? Oh, they'll both play, um, and they'll both cruise. I mean, they Indiana has not beat Ohio State since like. 1988 and i i did have a trochi trivia for you but you've already read it so i can't you know you read it in our picks file that high state has not lost an opener since like 1998 and they haven't lost to indiana since 1988 they haven't lost an opener they have the nation's longest win streak of openers and they haven't they're the only team in college football that hasn't lost an opener in the 21st century you have to go all the way back to like 1999 when they lost to miami Oh wow. Okay. That's uh that's interesting. They had a, a loss to Virginia Tech, but that wasn't an opener. That was a no, September loss. That was week two. That was a week two Urban Meyer special against Michael Brewer. So gotcha. When it comes to Ohio State in September, I've got them pretty locked down. They uh so I think they cruise. I think Brown and McCord play. And we just yeah. start you and I will start doing this thing where we kind of compare them to Notre Dame each week as they lead up to that showdown. <laughs> uh, so Boise State at number 10, Washington is another 330 game. That one's on ABC. That one's kind of under the radar. Washington is a 15-point favorite. Uh, but Boise State, they can run the ball. They had a very good run offense last year. Uh, they've got, um, you know, they, they went 10-4. and four. They lost their opener to Oregon State by 17, another, you know, Pac-12 team. Stood up to them a little bit. George Halani is their running back. He had a thousand yards last year. They returned their quarterback. I don't know. With the, the new clock rules, they're going to try to slow the game down. They're going to try to keep it away from Michael Penix the best they can. Um, so this one could be a sneaky, sneaky good game uh, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, tricky game. Tricky game for uh, Washington to start. Boise State has knocked off and played plenty of Pac 12 teams. It's been a while since the Broncos had that big week one upset. But uh, I could see it. I could see this being dicey for uh, Washington. I just think they have too much talent um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at the receiver and the edge rusher positions. Yeah, yeah. So another uh, the three thirty game on ESPN is UMass at Auburn. I only mention this because UMass won last week, and it's my dad's alma mater. And so go. my dad alma mater won. My brother's alma mater, Notre Dame won. My alma mater won. Vanderbilt. I don't think we're going to see the three of them win in the same week ever again not only this season probably in the next 10 seasons but uh the interesting stat i saw on umass was they did not crack the 40 point barrier until october last year and they already have it in august yeah so they went against new mexico state so uh that's that's good progress for don brown right there i think that was my three-pointer last week too so <laughs> that was insult to injury that they they came out and, and played like that but congrats to the minutemen we'll don't know if they're going to go two and zero though. No, I don't think you go going to uh, New Mexico State is a little bit different than going to the SEC. So, well, uh, that one's on ESPN two weeks in a row for UMass on ESPN, which is crazy. And I pointed that out on Twitter. USC's first two games are on the Pac-12 Network. UMass's first two games are on ESPN, the big ESPN. So, something needs to get fixed right there. Rice at number eleven, Texas at three thirty. That's the Fox game. Texas, 35-point favorite. If you want to watch this game, you wait till the fourth quarter. And, yes, you will see Arch Manning throw against Rice's second-team defense. Yeah, and Malik Murphy as well and Quinn Ewers. And that Texas offense primes up. You'll also see JT Daniels in this game. And if That's you, right. You can name all of JT Daniels' school, schools that he's played for. You should get a prize at this That's point. That's Trojan trivia right there. Yeah. If you can go through his career. Holy mackerel. That's crazy. So, yeah, so if you want to see Arch Manning's first p passes, you might want to turn in, tune in about maybe 5, 5.30 Eastern time with Texas up about four touchdowns at that point. So um, 
not too much drama in that one. So that brings us to the evening, Saturday primetime window, where game day is in Charlotte, number 21 North Carolina against South Carolina. They're playing at Bank of America Stadium, home of the Panthers, 7.30 kickoff on ESPN. North Carolina is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Finally, a close spread. What do you think of this one? Uh, great quarterback play. And, you know, mm-hmm. when I live down in Charlotte, this, these two don't like each other. They, they don't, it's that whole, we're the real Carolina thing. And to have Spencer Rattler in this game and all the momentum that they've created with Shane Beamer and then Drake may in North Carolina, they've got, I mean, any game he's in, they're going to be in. So I think it's going to be fun. I think that's going to be a fast, really, you know, the last couple they've played haven't been like full-fledged shootouts but a lot on the line for both teams because they're in that top 25 range like we have South Carolina ranked not but they're not ranked and I was surprised that they weren't ranked in the AP top 25 considering how they finished last season and what they have coming back so good statement game for Charlotte should be uh pressures on those North Carolina fans from what I understand to show up at game day and get riled up to match the South Carolina fans energy Fourth straight meeting between these two teams in Charlotte, (laughs) which is kind of weird. USC has won three of the four. The last meeting was the Duke Mayo Bowl. Shane Beamer had mayonnaise poured all over his head after a 38-21 win. So, Well, uh, I remember I covered one. One of my first assignments for College Football Sporting News was uh, I went down when they had Clowney. And they played North Carolina in the opener. And North Carolina had a tackle named James Hurst. And here was a – and most college football writers can attest to this. It was so hot in Columbia. It's always hot there that I I learned that whenever I cover a game there, you bring two shirts. Because by the time I had walked to the press box, the other one was done. And (laughs) I was embarrassed because I had all this sweat. I think I was sitting next to Dennis Dodd, who – he probably was like, what is wrong with this kid? Fortunately, Dennis and I are friends now, but uh, <laughs> at that time, probably not so sure he wanted to be. But And South Carolina won the game. But I just remember the energy behind those two schools. They'll go at it. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, they, the South Carolina's won four out of five, interestingly yep. enough. So uh, the other primetime game, keep an eye on 730 NBC, West Virginia at number seven, Penn State. This one will not be as close. Penn State is a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, This is the first Big Ten primetime telecast on NBC. I was surprised. I thought NBC was going to be just hitting people over the head last weekend during the Notre Dame game with Big Ten promo after promo after promo. It didn't really do that. I was kind of surprised. But anyway, they have good studios set up too, Bill. I think they have Josh Perry on there. I love Josh. He's he's friend too. He does a great job. He's an upcoming broadcaster. The presentation was great. I think it'll be a hit. I really do, and I think this is good for the Big Ten. Not so good for West Virginia. Why Why did I pick them to cover? <laughs> what was I thinking earlier this week? Monday seems like ages ago, but um, I guess we'll address that later. But, no, I think Penn State, they're on a different level of pressure to me. I talked to – Jacob Hester joined us yesterday, and I joined him on his show later in the day, and we talked about who's got the most pressure on them to – come out and perform really well in week one. And both of our answer was Penn State because Mm. we spent all summer saying they're going to be great and every position group is going to be great. Well, remember their opener last year? You and I got on a a Twitter spaces to talk about it later because great game. Wire. So I think there's a tremendous amount of pressure on Penn State, not just to win, but to look really good doing it. So West Virginia and Penn State I looked this up. They played 45 years in a row from 1947 to 1992. And then Penn State joined the Big Ten, and that was that. This is the first game since that. And it's just kind of weird to me. It's like one of those traditional rivalries that we lament the loss of. You never hear anyone mention Penn State, West Virginia, even though they were annual rivals forever. I mean, it was very one-sided, but they had some memorable games, um, but, uh, you know, when you, oh, we lost Oklahoma, Nebraska, we lost it. And I'm not comparing it to Oklahoma, Nebraska, right. but like, it's a, it's kind of an under the radar rivalry. I did not realize that they were literally annual for 47 straight yeah. years and, and then forever. 30 years of, of nothing, you know? So it's an Ohio river rivalry and those teams should play. It's just like how Pitt and Penn state should play. So, um, 
Yeah, I think it'll be fun. And I think West Virginia, remember last year, they brought a lot of energy into their opener. We had all picked Pitt to destroy them. And this is kind of the same deal, to your point, that they haven't seen Penn State in a while. And I think Neil Brown will have those guys up early. But, man, you go to Penn State at night, and I've been there for those. They, you better be ready to go from snap number one because they're going to be riled up. Yeah, the uh, you know, of course, it, they've stopped playing in 92. So it's this this winning streak is obviously not going to carry over. But West Virginia has lost 19 in a row in State College. Uh, uh, for before the the rivalry was was halted. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with five percent alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Uh, Elsewhere, one other game maybe Saturday night during our wrap-up show. We'll probably have it on in the background. Coastal Carolina at UCLA, 10.30 game ESPN. There's your little pack, 12 after dark. UCLA by 14 and a half. Fun quarterback battle, especially if Dante Moore gets in. Yeah, and we'll probably see him. But, I mean, Grayson McCall's also in this game. So, another mild upset possibility. Now, Coastal Carolina has a new coach, obviously. Um, Jimmy Chadwell moved on to Liberty. But I think this will be a fun game and, and the perfect game to have on late at night for the right. true college football junkie. Yep, no doubt about it. So, that'll be a fun one on Saturday night. Now, Sunday night, of course, number five LSU versus number eight Florida State in Orlando, seven thirty ABC. LSU is a three-point favorite. We broke this game down last show or two shows ago with Jacob Hester, former LSU great. He gave us unbelievable insight and breakdowns of of what LSU's depth chart is going to look like and and what to expect, where LSU is as a program and how even he expected this game. That was one of my takeaways. He really expects a, an even down, down to the wire type game. Uh, LSU kept Florida State, or they were kind of lucky last year to, to stay in the game with Florida State because they made so many special teams errors. They ended up losing in the last play of the game. LSU scored a touchdown, down seven, and then they had the extra point blocked, of course. Florida State escaped with a one-point win. But LSU went on to, to have a great season, more better than people expected. Now expectations are a lot higher. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game. Uh, two top 10 teams. Um, you know, there's not, we've said it all. So, I mean, it really comes down to, to me, LSU's secondary against the Florida State receivers, LSU's pressure on Jordan Travis, and which team gets a running game going outside of their quarterback. It can't mm-hmm. just be Jordan Travis, Jaden Daniels. This is the type of game we should have more often in week one, but probably won't when the 12 team playoff era starts. Um, But I'm excited about it. It's one of the big three this month. It's this one. It's Ohio state, Notre Dame, it's Alabama, Texas. Those are the three kind of puzzle pieces to, to the college football playoff that we're going to get this month. And I think LSU played Notre, I'm sorry, Florida state played Notre Dame two years ago on a Sunday night of the McKenzie Milton game where he came off the bench. That was a thrilling Sunday night game of Labor Day weekend. And then last year was a very, very great. It was a great game between Florida State. and now, So this is the third time in a row Florida State has kicked off on Sunday night of Labor Day weekend. They have a pretty cool little uh, tradition going. And uh, so far they've been must-see TV. Great ratings, the first two of these three. So, And I'm, I'm expecting big ratings for this game as well. Monday night is one standalone game. A decent one, number nine, Clemson at Duke. 8 o'clock ESPN. Clemson is a 13-point favorite. You remember Duke went 9-3 and three last year in the regular season, 9-4, and four, I think, overall. And Mike Elko won a bunch of Coach of the Year awards. The Duke exceeded their 
over under for one loss more than any other team in the country last year. They took advantage of an easier schedule. Clemson, Florida State, and Notre Dame are hopping on the schedule this year. So Duke could be better. They have a lot of experience back, but I don't know that they can match their schedule. Uh, but I know you're excited to see uh, Cade Klubnick and his new offensive coordinator at Clemson. Yeah, and I think Clemson, you know, there's been a little bit of hint of a Duke upset and those kind of things, and Duke didn't get blown out in any games last year. But I think we're sitting on a Clemson statement game here to remind people that, oh, we're still the ACC champion. We're still pretty good. We hired Garrett Riley, and Duke didn't play Clemson last year. So it, it'll be fun. I mean, I remember – Clemson destroying, I think it was Georgia Tech last year in the opener. They have a habit of coming out and swinging pretty hard at ACC teams in the opener. So I, I like Clemson in this game, and we'll, we'll show you how much here in a second. We'll see if they use Will Shipley more. I remember last year I didn't think they used him enough. So um, he's definitely a weapon they need to take advantage of. We'll see how Garrett Riley uses him. Um, all right, let's run through our confidence contest. Next. Okay. So review of last week. Uh, my three pointer was Jacksonville state rich rod. Thank you. That one hit thank you. two point Notre Dame that hit and one point Vanderbilt did not cover against Hawaii. Your three pointer, New Mexico state upset by the Minutemen. Dud. Got to watch out for the Minutemen bill. Two pointer was Notre Dame. You hit that one. The one pointer you went with your alma mater and that one missed as well. So I guess the lesson is don't bet on your alma mater. Yes, not in, in week zero uh, score. Trochi five bender two. All right, let's hit it now. So the contest works is that we pick five games against the spread, but we pick them in bowl confidence style. Five points for our most confident down to one point for our least confident Bill, give me your five-pointer for week one. I'll go right up the top rope and say LSU covers the two and a half. And, uh, you know, it's the biggest game of the weekend, so we'll put the biggest bet on it. Um, we probably, I've probably talked about this game the most and we have down the most and did a whole betting preview on it. So I feel pretty educated on it. I kind of agree with Jacob. It's going to be tight. It's going to be wild down to the finish, but I'll go with the Tigers for five. Okay. Uh my five-pointer is going to be also a game that we've already talked about. I'm taking Penn State minus 20-and-a-half over West Virginia. I think it can get to the three-touchdown cover pretty easily. I'm in on Penn State, at least, at least till they get to the, the meat of their schedule. We'll see. But, you know, neither team is – have you seen this? Neither team's named a starting quarterback, even though everyone knows Drew Allar will be the quarterback for Penn no. State. And that's... Derek Green will start for West Virginia. I don't know if it's mind games between – Franklin and Neil Brown. I also saw Nick Saban isn't doing a depth chart this week, too. I don't know. People are playing games. It's like people are getting stressed out already to start the season. But I think Penn State's going to gonna whip them. And, yeah, when you said I'm not sure why I picked West Virginia in the actual picks, um, I agree with you. Well, we'll see. I mean, like I said, it. I, I think the Purdue game got stuck in my head. I do think Penn State's a touch – overhyped in you know west virginia like you said when, sometimes when you don't see an old rival that long you know the fans are going to be jacked up and if they just protect the football and survive that first punch i think west virginia can cover in that game all right we'll see all right what's your four uh i went with clemson and 13 i put my money where my mouth is i think they're gonna just blow the doors off duke a little bit and i know duke has riley leonard and i know duke has an excellent coach but I just think with the new coordinator hire, the defense that they have, the talent gap between the two teams, I think it shows up. Maybe Duke takes the lead early, but I think Clemson just comes down. They, I've watched them do it to Wake Forest, and I've watched them do it to Georgia Tech last year, and I think there was a Georgia Tech, another Georgia Tech game. They just have a habit of, of smacking teams in the ACC opener, and I think that continues. Mm -hmm. All right. I will go four points. Old Dominion. Plus 15 and a half at Virginia Tech. Uh, Old Dominion beat them last year, 20 to 17. Uh, the teams are two and two against each other since 2017. Uh, Grant Wells is back at QB for the Hokies, but he was the 11th ranked QB in the ACC last year among qualifiers, uh, among 12 qualifiers. Uh, Brent Prize got some work to do in Blacksburg. That's too big a number, I think, for Virginia Tech to cover. I think ODU can stay within two touchdowns. Cool. My three would be 
Wisconsin, 27 and a half versus Buffalo and Luke Fickle's opener. Dug up this stat, and I knew they did this, but they, they've they haven't Wisconsin hasn't lost to a Mac school since 88, and they've won their last six games against Mac schools by 48 points a game. That's incredible. Like, and I I just remember like watching it in passing, and I think they'll just overmatch Buffalo. I think they're gonna come out and make a statement. The offense works. Braylon Allen goes off early, and their defense is a difference maker in this game. And I could see it getting up to like 49 to 10 in a hurry. So a lot of faith in Luke Fickle. I'll go with the Badgers three. That's a great call. That I'm jealous I didn't pick that one. That's a good call right there. Three points. I'm taking TCU minus 21 in the heat mm-hmm. in Texas. Like I said, Travis Hunter, I don't know if he can play both ways like that. They're going to play the disrespect card. Um, Chandler Morris wants to show what he can do, right? So, you know, I think, I think Colorado, they have 50 new players or whatever they have, and they, they're just, you know, offensive. Well, first of all, they don't have any depth. And again, it's going to be tested in the heat. And especially on the offensive and defensive lines, I think TCU is going to push them around. 21 points uh, seems low to me. See, I went the other way for my two. I'll go Colorado. That's a little swing game there. Um, by the hype a little bit. I mean, they TCU did overpower them last year. I just think Shadur Sanders, they'll get a couple, they'll get a couple touchdowns. And I don't think They'll push it to upset, but I think they'll ride that early momentum, lose by about 17 points, and not be a complete disaster for Dion. I mean, let's be real. If they do lose by 28 to 30 points, people are going to be writing the hot take, unoriginal Dion disaster. Uh, but, you know, I've said all along, expect something in between this year. You know, there'll be some flashes with their players, but they obviously don't have the depth necessary to compete at, at that level quite yet. I may or may not slack you when TCU's up 34 to three no, in the third quarter. That's so. fine. But I mean, then you can write the, the, that I'll let you write that take then. Because <laughs> I just, I, you know, like I said, I mean, Shadur is pretty good. And uh, Travis Hunter, like if you can't play every play, but I think he'll make a few plays in this game. All right. Two points for me, North Texas plus seven against Cal. They are hosting Cal. Cal is in disarray. I, I, I got a theme in my lower picks. I'm picking against teams that were really bad last year. So um, picking against Cal here, they're in disarray. They also have 50 new players. Uh, Sam Jackson, the fifth, won the QB battle, but he did not have a great fall from what the practice reports I was reading. Uh, they're going to 100-degree heat in, in the Texas uh, at North Texas. North Texas had a top 20 rushing offense last year. Their top running backs back and they they project as a bowl team out of the American. So giving North Texas seven at home against Cal, I think, I think that's safe. Okay. And then my last one will be Utah state 25 and a half against Iowa. Um, (laughs) Getting that. I don't know if Iowa can score 30 points and I don't know if Cade McNamara is going to play. So this feels like a relatively easy bet. Um, But I do think Iowa is going to be better when you bet high Iowa spreads as our editor Elliot will tell you. I mean, it has to be, you have to understand like Utah state still has to score like 13, 10 to 13 points. And if they do that on Iowa. Yeah. So it's not going to be easy either way. And I've done this game with them. Plenty of time. So, but I'm going to trust that Utah State covers. I think they're decent enough. And if McNamara doesn't play, again, we're we're going to be. What was the score of the game last year? They won like seven to three with two safeties. I didn't know. Yes, they did. They scored seven points and did not score a touchdown. What? Um, I didn't know McNamara might not play. What's going on? Uncertain. He suffered an injury in fall camp and he hasn't practiced. So they don't have McNamara. I mean, that changes the equation for this game by a lot. Interesting. I missed that. Yeah, that definitely does. I I feel like I've done that before. You uh, Iowa was a big favorite, and I was like, "There's no way they're going to cover. They can't score." And then they ended up covering. Right. They probably scored a couple of defensive touchdowns or whatever. But um, yeah. So interesting there. My one point. Okay, to wrap it up, point picking against another team that was not good last year. I'm taking Rutgers minus six and a half against Northwestern. 
Northwestern has lost 11 straight uh, after they beat Nebraska in Ireland last year, obviously in complete disarray uh, with the firing of Pat Fitzgerald this summer for the hazing scandal. Their interim coach, David Braun, hits his first game at the FBS level, not even Power Five, first game at the FBS level in any capacity as a player, as an assistant coach. He's never been a head coach. Uh, you know, Rutgers is one of the worst teams in the Big Ten, but so is Northwestern. And I just think it's too much for the Wildcats to, to come up big on the road uh, in, under these circumstances. Uh, they play on Sunday afternoon if you want to check that one out at noon. So uh, there we go. To review, Bender's going from five to one. You got LSU minus two and a half, Clemson minus 13, Wisconsin minus 27 and a half against Buffalo. Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes plus 21 and then Utah State plus 25 and a half. So you got some some big spreads except for the LSU one uh, on your slate. Mine five through one is Penn State minus 20 and a half. I got Old Dominion plus 15 and a half. TCU covering minus 21. Uh, North Texas getting seven against Cal and then Rutgers minus six and a half against Northwestern. And then we're going to pick one upset. As a, an extra bonus, a two points the upset, the dog has to win outright. Who you got? I'm going to go with the Huskers. I think they pull an upset in Matt Rule's debut. And I think, you know, Minnesota's a good team, but these are pretty even teams talent wise. And Husker Max and, and the Husker fans are excited. They're reading our Matt Rule feature. So I'm going to give them a little love right back and say Nebraska pulls a Thursday nighter and, and, Man, the hype on Matt Rule will go through the charts if they can go out and beat P.J. Fleck in Minnesota. Yeah, I know. That's why I picked it, too. And now uh, I have to, now I have to pick something else. You told me you were picking something else. But you said that was a three-point. <laughs> three points, so I ditched it. So then I, I withdrew it. that rule. I withdrew the rule because, you, all right, okay. Yeah, so I will put it on the fly. I can do it. That's a seven-point. That's one that I had, like, kind of – Looking at from a betting standpoint, if you're throwing a couple bucks on a game Thursday night, I I at least like Nebraska to cover. You know, I have a man crush on Jeff Sims. That was there you go. There you go. I mean, this shot should be a. Do I need to? Well, we'll just so we'll call the week one upset a wash either way, and maybe we can just boost our point (laughs) totals along the way. Uh, I'm still scanning. I had one. Uh, It's going to be my straight up upset of the week. I think I might take, oh, I know I'm going to take Hawaii. I saw them last week in person. They're getting four and a half uh, at home against Stanford. Oh, this is another pick against a bad team. So I'm taking Hawaii. That's a Friday night game. Late. Late game Friday night. I'll get home from the Georgia Tech game, and I will check in on the Rainbows. They looked great last week, especially on offense against Vanderbilt. Um, They gave up a kick return for a touchdown. That ended up being the difference, seven points. Uh, on the road and um, they look like you have a quarterback. So yeah, I'll take Hawaii. That's my upset. There you go. All right. Very good. Cool. All right. Trochi trivia. And then we get out of here. Uh, who did Deion Sanders play in his final college game? He's back to the power five level this weekend. He obviously had a power five game to uh, wrap up his college career many, many years ago. Who did Dion play in his last college game? I mean, I don't know. But I, if I guessed, it would be Nebraska because you would figure Florida State was good and maybe they played Nebraska in an Orange Bowl. That would be my guess. Okay. So it was 1988. You knew that because you know the 89 draft by heart. So we've already gone through that. So it was the 88 season. Uh, Florida State opened with a 31 nothing loss to Miami, then won uh, 10 straight games. There was only 11 regular season games mm-hmm. back then. And they reached the Sugar Bowl, where they beat Auburn 13-7. to And they finished number three in the country. Notre Dame was number one. Miami was number two. Florida State was number three. So does that game ring a bell that the Auburn? Yeah, a little bit. Like, so I was off a year because they played Nebraska in the Fiesta Bowl the year before. Okay. (laughs) So I'm like, I that's not too bad to, like, kind of get those two years crossed. But – yeah, I mean, Dion obviously going to be a huge storyline in week one. And you've got to explain to this younger generation uh, just 
how good of a player he really was. Pump, I mean, if he was playing during Twitter, you would he would trend every week. It was that kind of ridiculous playmaking skill from cornerback and punt return and everything else. And when people do these silly goat list, uh, I mean, there's not, I've never seen a better corner. That's just me. And you believe in Dion as your two pointer. Yeah. So, so I'm going to put a little faith in him. And I have, I said all along, you've said it on the podcast several times. He's got more substance than, than people, people see the style, but he's got more substance than you think. He does. He does. So, All right, that'll do it for our show. Thank you to everyone for listening to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea. Uh, Thanks for listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for those of you watching on our YouTube channel at CFB Nation, thank you to Irish Breakdown, your source for Notre Dame football information. Don't forget to join us Saturday night for our live reaction show around 1130 Eastern Time on the CFB Nation YouTube channel. Go over there, subscribe right now so you don't forget You can join us as we go through our first fun Saturday of the college football season. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, we will hopefully see you Saturday night.